Welcome to Season 2, Episode 27 of Sports Banter, NFL Playoff Edition, with your host, Mr. Peanut. And the Polar Bear, come on. Let's dive right in. What a weekend. Great weekend of football. In some cases, in some cases not. We'll get into those that were not, ones that hold near and dear to the Polar Bear's heart, and others. But... Starts with the first game, which was Jacksonville at Kansas City. And that ended in a 27-20 to victory for the Chiefs, going back to the AFC Championship for the fifth year in a row. Polar Bear, let's hear it. I mean, uh, we're going to talk about it because we're going to talk about it. But, you know, because um, we texted about it during the game. We sure did. I, yeah, we did. I, yeah. Go ahead. We're going to jump right into it. <laughs> Uh, well, let, let, let me just, you know, put this out there is, you know, what I saw from um, Jacksonville was, how can I say it? I mean, I thought they started off pretty darn good. You know, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, coming out the gate, scoring, staying competitive with Kansas City in Kansas City. I think the first quarter for Jacksonville was I think exactly what everybody anticipated, just kind of, you know, staying the course, doing their thing. Um, And then Kansas City just kind of took control of the game. And from there, I I don't think there was a shot where people were questioning. You know, I think the score kind of shows a little – I think it shows a close game, but from my side of it, I thought Kansas City – played a controlled football game, which, as I said last week, if they were going to win, that's what they needed to do. And um, it's what I noticed was it wasn't the Kansas City of old where it was, hey, you know, let's score fast and let's score often, and then we'll have the other team just kind of figure out and keep up with us. I felt like Kansas City played an overall great game. Um, Patrick Mahomes getting hurt is definitely – a wrinkle and all that. Um, well, yeah, that's exactly why they didn't play so fast. Yes. And um, I texted you during the game. I I'm, I'm a low respecting yeah. uh, Patrick Mahomes fan. I think it's because I'm just, it, I'm over him um, in a sense of all the coverage he gets, but to your point, and we talked about this in the text message and I do have respect for it. I, I, I'm ta- I'm I'm professing my uh I said fuck this nutrition. guy. Yes. Nutrition. Uh, that's yeah. what I'm that's what I'm feeling out of you right now. I said fuck this guy during the game and yeah. it was more, I wasn't having it. it. No, you weren't, and I respect you for that. But it was more directed as like fuck, just I, I can't stand Patrick Mahomes anymore. Um, but to your point and to what Mr. Peanut had, you know, he he pulled the reins back on the polar bear aggression. <laughs> And the gentleman, you know, he fought for his team. And I got a lot of respect for that. You and me, I I mean, anytime I see a player do that to, I hate to say it, throw money aside and say, I'm here for my boys. I have have all the respect in the world for that. I may have sounded that way in the text message I sent to you. (laughs) And I am being, you know, you know, I I, I fucked up and I'm, I'm, you know what? You see that sports financial world? That's just that's just a man of integrity right there. A man right. of integrity, honor, and pride. 
<laughs> Brian McCarl Jr. <laughs> yes, yes. When he got hurt and uh, it looked bad, and he like ran immediately right back out there. I was like, okay, I think I'm I'm starting to be in on this. Yeah, because naturally, just like we talk about all the time, the teams that are successful consistently they generate the most. Like, ah, I'm over, I'm over watching you, and that's just how it goes when right you're a you know sports fan in general. But uh, watching Patrick Mahomes, and I don't want to harp on it too much, but I did. I loved to see that he was adamant about no to the training staff. You're not telling me I'm not playing. Right, the coaches, you guys aren't telling me I'm not playing. Like I know exactly the situation I'm in. It's my body. I'm the player. I'm telling you I'm playing, and I'm gonna go play. Right. Um, and I mean, he was hobbling out there. It was not. It was definitely not the Patrick Mahomes. He was probably at maybe. 51%. I mean, when he first got back out there, he was literally on one leg. And I figured he's he would he went out there for the boys and then he was gonna the adrenaline was gonna wear off and he was gonna uh you know go to the locker room. But that was not the case. Right. So you gotta give a, a lot of credit to him there. Uh and the just the Chiefs in general for adjusting in that situation and figuring out how they were still gonna win this game without Mahomes having to literally do it himself like he does a lot of the time when right. the Chiefs are needing a, a big play or whatever. Like, he'll make that big play. Um, on the other side, Jacksonville, when that when Mahomes goes down, I mean, that is literally your shot. You, yeah. you ha- And that's what I was thinking. Uh, you know, Henny had a, a few series out there, and even Mahomes, like I was talking about, hobbling out there. I figured Jacksonville, like, this is your time to make a big play happen. And they – they got the ball back a few times, but like you were talking about, it just never truly clicked offensively. They had moments where they were clicking, and it was a seven-point game, and there was the big fumble on the goal line that changed all the momentum and everything. But um, they just could. They just honestly, Jacksonville is not on the same tier as Kansas City is, so that's it's not surprising that they didn't pull it off. But they yeah. did definitely have their moments of we could we can pull this off. Uh, but a 27-20 showing for Jacksonville. And after starting 2-8, and eight, you go down the divisional round to the perennial AFC championship appearance, contenders, whatever. Right. Pretty good year. But, right. again, if you're Jacksonville, obviously you're disappointed. Um, but, you know, they played a lukewarm game, like you were talking about. Some good, some bad. Didn't capitalize here. Capitalized kind of here. It's, it's that, That's just not going to get it done when you're contending for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I, I just touching on your point of when Mahomes was down, my whole thought process was Jacksonville's defense just had oh, a little lemon in the water. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's cute. Oh, treat yourself now. Treat yourself now. <laughs> but what I, what I didn't understand was I noticed exactly what you noticed was he was not Patrick Mahomes and he was definitely like a wounded animal. I hate to say that. And, yeah. And their defense just – I don't know what it was. Like, I would say secondary, you better cover the shit out of the wideouts. And defensive front, you better pressure the shit out of him. And I did I, – I don't – I don't know if – I don't know if Kansas City has that good of an offensive line. Maybe I just didn't notice it. But I didn't see, like, he was pressured. You know, a lot of people yeah. talk about pressuring, like, Tom Brady, get in his face, get in his face, and he'll he'll make mistakes. I think Jacksonville, if they made that adjustment like you had alluded to, it would have totally been a different game. 
yeah, I needed more blood in the water mentality. At the I agree. And, and like you said, maybe it was there and Kansas City just uh, adjusted for that. But it didn't show that Mahomes, could, he wasn't going to move as fast as he normally was going to move. Let's put it that Correct. way. And then Correct. as we'll talk about when we get, cover the games next week, I mean, it's going to be a huge factor going forward. So, Chiefs beat the Jaguars. No surprise there, really. Surprise, I guess, in the closeness. I did see – I want to touch on this. I saw on Twitter uh, Chiefs fan, <laughs> a Chiefs fan and a Jaguars fan kind of had like a picture off. Like one was like trying to catch a picture picture of the other in the upper deck, and the other one was taking a picture of the other. And the Jaguars fan was taking a picture of the Chiefs fan for eating a baked potato that they brought in the game. And then the Chiefs fan took a picture of Jacksonville fan going, yeah, I caught you taking a picture of me, but I'm enjoying a baked potato and we got to win. How about you? <laughs> well, my question to you, are you bringing a baked potato in the game? And it and is it acceptable socially to do such? I, hmm. I mean, the fat boy in me would say, I don't give a fuck. I'm eating a fucking baked potato. <laughs> But just like I don't understand, like walking, like I, it's it's not a hot dog. It, it's, it's it's not a hot. Well, the, she was eating it thusly. So I mean, that was you know what that was? That was a drunken tailgate. Like I'm gonna bring this to the seat and I'm gonna eat it. Like that's how I would see it. Okay. Would I do it? Would the polar bear do it? If that was like a ten out of ten baked potato, quite possibly. But socially acceptable? Who gives a fuck? You bought the ticket. You can do whatever you want, baby. 100%. Yeah, you know, I would say, why not bring the potato in? You know, yeah. have a little edge to you. If you're feeling, if you're feeling like you want a snack, hey, absolutely. I but I would never personally do it because I just, I'm thinking Chiefs game. If I'm a Chiefs guy, I'm just going for the game, the the bruise, the vibes. There's nowhere in my head that goes baked potato. Need it. So let's put it this way. It's a not, touch on uh, <laughs> it's not a baseball jersey at a football game, so that's okay. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Now, now that we've uh, established potato norms. That's right. This was the biggest blow of oh playoffs thus far. And you know, there's really not much to say about it other than just pure destruction, annihilation, just getting your ass handed to you. Let's put yeah. Those are, in layman's terms, that's what happened. Giants, Philly, 38-7. And I'll start here. Because <laughs> I don't have much on this. Because it really, it was one of those games you sit and you watch. And uh, the game begins and you kind of get like the NFC East. You're excited. The uh, the rivalry, the history, right. Eagles, Giants. They've both been up and down. Huge teams. The fans are very passionate. They as you've touched on the East, and the they East Coast. Uh, oh, they do, yeah. As you've touched on the East Coast fanhood and yes. the rabidness of it all. Oh, yeah. So I was excited for it. Once it began, two completely different teams showed up. And I was a little, I was worried about this because you picked the Giants from your heart. I picked the Eagles. And the, a couple of things here. It just shows how trash the Vikings are. Once again, if I get a chance, I'm going to smoke the Vikings. Vikings, wow. Um, Giants, it was the worst of the three games they played versus the Eagles. 
Granted, the Eagles are firing on all cylinders, but you got to rise to the occasion. You knew it was going to be tough going in there. You yeah. knew you didn't really have a chance. Yeah. So why are you playing so tight? I hate when teams do that. Yeah. Uh, like, it's, like you're the underdog. Go in there and establish some type of identity early on in that game. Correct. If you're just going to try to win on pure X's and O's versus the team who's obviously better than you, it ain't going to work. And that's what we saw. It's more of the same, afraid to take chances, afraid to do something different. They basically just tried to beat them being the 9-7-1 New York Giants. And that's why they got massacred. You didn't have a plan for Jalen Hurts, and he torched you. Um, Offensively, there was no rhythm. There was no drive. I mean, look. Of course, they're out there trying to win the game, but I it was a very poor showing on one side, and then the Eagles on the other side looked like a team that had finally put together three phases of the game. Not finally, but once the playoffs at the highest point of the season, you're putting together a very solid game plan. When they, like we were talking about earlier, they hadn't really shown that. They've been a great team all year. Right. But, um, you know, they were kind of going up and down there toward the end with Jalen Hurts' injury and right. what have you. They looked like a dominant team. They looked like a Super Bowl contending team. They looked like a team that you're going to have to come very prepared for going forward. The Jalen Hurts dichotomy of running and passing has obviously proven to bring the Eagles back on the map because there hasn't really been an answer for that rather than, uh, you know, a handful of plays this year. But there hasn't been an identity that's been followed religiously defensively. That has stopped that. So in terms of this game, we'll get into the 49ers later. But, um, yeah, it was just one team was extremely better than the other, and it showed, and I've lost interest quickly. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know, while I'm watching this game, I'm going, you know, I picked the Giants. Let's see them, you know, show up. (laughs) And that did not happen. And – and this is my thing is I when you said that's that looked like a Super Bowl team, you know, I would agree with that. But my argument to that point is yes, they they played very well. They played really, really well, the Eagles did. But the Giants should not have been there. I picked them based off of like my heart going, I think these guys may have an opportunity here. And I, how I saw that game for uh, Philly was it's almost like those early games in college where you play a weaker team and it's just a, a hype game, if you will. That's how I felt at the end of that game. I was like, this was just a great opportunity for the Eagles and the way I, and I picked the giants because I thought Minnesota was a better team. And I love that you said it, Minnesota fucking sucks. And you know, that to me is I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about the Eagles. I'm not saying that they are not a super bowl contender, but who they played this past week I don't know how much of that was a really hard fought battle, you know? 
Yeah, in in some ways, yes, but in another way, they came out and just dominated another team. So it has more so to do with the Giants not living up to yeah the moment than it does the Eagles. Um, but yeah, like obviously, the further you go into the playoffs, it's going to be, um, you know, harder opponents. But again, they still they run the home field advantage, so it's going to be in Philly. It's going to be yes. rocking. Um, and I so think- I mean, the, in terms of Philly, like you couldn't have played a better game. That was. Yeah. Yeah. offensive defensive special teams like you checked all three boxes you made all the giants coaching staff and players go what the hell happened out here today <laughs> and it's just it's just one of those games that nothing went right for them and everything went right for the philly so right and i i, I mean the better team won out of, out of 10 times probably the eagles win eight you know like they're just they are literally the better team um and that's what we saw and I hate all the Giants fans going, well, you know, we weren't expe- we weren't expecting to win that game. But you know what? We had a great season. We didn't think. <laughs> Shut up. Well, what else do you have left? You know, I mean, it certainly you can't point to that game as anything. No. Remote. I mean, that really, that was the peak of their season. Whether you're going to beat the Vikings or not, that was, you know, I would have, I thought the Giants had a much better chance than what they played as. But that result shows exactly the the point of that team how far they could go not very far so that was that now this one stung for you <laughs> this was such this one stung for you and i felt was one of the stranger games and i want to hear your viewpoint on this obviously bills bangles Another dominant showing. However, it was the away team, the Bengals, taking it to the Bills, 27 to 10. Your Bills, done for the year, couldn't get out of the divisional round. What what went wrong? (laughs) I texted you this, the better team won. And I stand by that comment. The Bengals. I'll lay this out there because I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of, you know, integrity. <laughs> I didn't give the Bengals enough respect in the off season before this season, and I am eating those words. <laughs> and you know, I, I put them. I want to say I put them last of their division, not making it an off. I think I may have said they might have a slight opportunity of getting to the playoffs, but nonetheless. During that game, I thought that the Bengals' defense had one of the best games that they could have ever played against, you know, and maybe I was drinking the Kool-Aid, against what I thought as one of the most dominant offenses in the NFL with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. You have, you know, Singletary in the backfield just being able to do it. You have more back there as well. I think that they – I. Again, maybe I was blinded by love and lust, but they, they, holy shit, Bengals, man. If the way that they played in every facet of the game on Sunday, the better team won. And from Buffalo's side, I'll be 100% transparent with you. We did not deserve to win that game. We played like shit. We were making mistakes. We couldn't even fucking run the football. We couldn't, like, I don't know what was going on with Josh Allen. I think I this is my thing. I think Stefan Diggs is Josh Allen's safety net. 
And every, every defense understands that. And the Bengals were like, no, we're going to force you to do this while our great secondary is going to cover everyone else. I mean, you know, it just, it was, it was a, a letdown of a game from the Bills side, but I, I have, I have a lot of respect for what the Bengals have done and they deserve to win and they did it and they were the better team. Sloppy. Sloppy was what came to mind for me. It was I, a really yes. sloppy performance out of the Bills. And, you know, like they had been playing that way for a couple of weeks now. Like the Dolphins game shocked me because I thought that was going to be like 38 to like six. Like that was what I saw in my head. And for the – it was almost like the Bills were already like moving forward in that game. Yes. And it was kind of like, okay, we have to win this, but we're not executing at all. And then, you know, they still were good enough to win that game. But, yeah, number one, Bengals did not get enough respect going into this game. And I think they felt that and played off that and fed off that, which yeah. with a guy like Joe Burrow, who we've seen now back-to-back years leading his team like that. And my that first drive really set the tone for the entire game because the Bengals went right down, oh, yeah. scored immediately. Yeah, uh, he's, he's hitting guys like they, they look wide open. Well, when he's throwing it, they're not wide open, but – it makes it look like they're wide open. You know what I'm saying? Um, so for like, nine through the first two drives. Yeah. It was a very much, it was a very much like we're here and uh, you got to deal with us type of type of drive. And it was like, okay, now it's on. I expected the bills to be able to respond. 10 points is unacceptable at home. Um, with especially not just because you're at home, but like all the expectations coming into this year, and they were playing well for the majority of the year. And then uh, they just looked out of sync to me. Like, they didn't. They look like shit. They, like, Josh Allen would have some great throws and then miss guys. And it just, it wasn't, it was, wasn't ever consistent. I kept waiting for the Bills to respond to what the Bengals were doing. They weren't stopping Joe Mixon on the run at all with backup linemen. So credit to those backup linemen, but still, it's you know you got your starters versus backups that should be an advantage, even even if it's a slight margin, it should be an advantage. Right. Uh, Joe Mixon was run up and down the field. Uh, P Ryan was even, you know, toward the end of the game when they needed stops, they're getting broken tackles for yards and just things that you cannot have when you're chasing the points. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was the Bengals didn't give them an inch. Let's put it that way. And they forced the Bills to, you're going to have to take this game from us. We're yeah. not going to give you anything, and we're going to put up points. And they did. I mean, like you said, you were talking about the secondary. They totally shut down Diggs. Um, you know, I think their game plan coming in was, like you said, highlighting we're not going to let the big play happen yeah. with Diggs specifically. Yeah. Um, and it, they their defense looks tremendously in sync. The Bengals the last two years have looked like a much better team in the playoffs than they have in the regular season. I would agree with that. And I don't know why that is, but they look like a team to be reckoned with. There's like a swagger about them. Yeah. Uh, I and think it's fun to watch as a fan. It could be the Joe Burrow effect. It could be just the central belief they have in that locker room. Um. Uh, but they look like a team that can get it done too, meaning get back to the Super Bowl. And a win like that gives you a ton of confidence going into 
Arrowhead again, which will be the, you know, that is where you have to win. Basically, in this era of football, you have to beat Mahomes. Um, and Burrow is putting together a resume like he's almost usurping Mahomes. If he wins it on Sunday, I mean, it's going to be talked about because he's now beat him like five times in a row if he if they win again. Um, but all those thoughts aside, very impressive showing from the Bengals. Very impressive offensive showing. And then anytime you give up 10 in the playoffs in the NFL, you're probably going to win that game. I agree. I, one last thing that I saw out of it was what you touched on with like Josh Allen. And this is what, like how I kind of saw the end of that game was the Bengals were able to force Josh Allen to hold onto the ball longer and make those split second decisions. And he wasn't able to do that. And I think as fans, we thought, you know, I was blinded by the light. I think I saw him as this impeccable can't make, can't make mistake quarterbacks, even though I knew he could make mistakes. And I think that game plan of forcing him to hold on to the ball, taking away those big plays was a huge, huge thing for the Bengals. And to go into this week, you know, we'll touch on it later, but to go into this week against Patrick Mahomes and forcing him to hold on to that ball while also a little injured yeah, Dude, that is that's a scary that is a scary defense. Beautifully said. Um, and then you have the whole uh, Diggs and Josh Allen kind of squabble at the end. I don't think there's that much to it. I mean, I think you're just losing the playoffs, and you know it's about to be over, and the frustration comes out. Pass. I don't think that's a I don't think that's a huge story really, but yeah. it is an underlying theme of this team hasn't gotten to the where we have thought we we're able to go yet. And I think that's frustrating them all. And it should, I mean, there's so much talent on this team and for them to lose in the divisional after the expectations this year and like Josh Allen being in year like five, whatever, whatever year it is, like he's at the place where he is known as a top five quarterback. Let's put it that way. So if you're losing the divisional games consistently, it's, it's creating that identity around you so far. Right. So it's that'll be something that they'll have to face identity-wise next year. But very disappointing for the Bills, very impressive for the Bengals. Last game of the slate was <laughs> uh, <laughs> garbage game. I'd, I'd say probably 90% of the world was smiling after this one because no one likes Cowboys. Uh, right. Not that I mean, I, I literally, I don't know about that many Cowboy fans. They're just not up there. I think they're in Texas and a few here and there, but most people are anti-Cowboys. Cowboys, 49ers. Brock Purdy wins again, 19-12. to Dak Prescott, nowhere to be seen. Barber. So I started – I think I was texting a bunch – because I have a bunch of friends that are 49er fans. And my first question was – because I had already solidified the Niners winning – this week and next week and i know i know i just solidified it in my mind through these text messages and i said if you were able to if i sent it to like three or four of my boys i said if you if the 49ers were to get to the super bowl who would you want to start purdy or garoppolo and everybody said purdy i'm on that purdy train he's legit he is the driver of the 49ers right now 
And I saw it uh, this weekend. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that the 49ers played a playoff performing game, if that if that makes sense. I don't think they played as well as they could have. I mean, you can we said it last week. You cannot be at this stage in the season and not score in the fourth quarter. And to allow the Cowboys to score 10 in the fourth quarter is unacceptable, completely unacceptable. Those 10 points could literally be your game right there to get to the Super Bowl. Um, But nonetheless, I thought they, in that first three quarters, I thought they played pretty darn well. Kind of just did classic 49er thing, give it to, you know, Christian, have Purdy throw to the open guy. What I did notice was San Francisco has a shit ton of open receivers, and it is really scary against Cowboys. Like, what's going on? Is anybody covering these guys? Nope. Okay, they're just open in the middle of the field. Let it go. Um, On the other side of the ball with Cowboys, good Lord. We said this early last week about this game. It, it was all about Dak Prescott. If he shows up, he could win that game. That guy was blind all night. And maybe he had D, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's visor. I don't know what was going on. He, he I just, you know, it, they, I don't know. It was just a horrible game out of them. They played like trash. They should not have been there. I hate to say it like, they were the they were the giants this weekend and and it showed yeah um Dak, th- this is centrally going to be focused on Dak Prescott and <laughs> and then the 49ers what would make them successful which they they have this formula that worked for 11 games now so it's working yeah. but Dak Prescott like this was your game to solidify yourself and to me, you did solidify yourself just in the other way. Yeah. Uh, you you did it in the way where very actually Tony, Tony Romo-esque. Like, you're going to be a formidable quarterback, probably top or, or higher tier than, like, the bottom tier. But you're still not going to be in the NFC Championship. You're still not going to win on the road when you need it. You're still not yeah. going to make the big pass when you need it. And yeah. that's basically what we saw to Dak Prescott. Look. I think it's time, and I hate to bring Will Myers into this, but this is to uh, wow <laughs> to bring it all together. How many how many chances Will Myers got when he was a Padre of like he's gonna be good, he's gonna be good, he's gonna be good, and then eventually last year in the first half, I just said to the group chat, "Stop, he's <laughs> not good." It's yeah. okay for us to say that we've yeah. seen it for seven years, yeah. And Dak Prescott is the same way. It's like everybody's waiting for him to be good so they can just say, yes, I told you, Dak's good. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Right. No, no, he's not. He's a fine quarterback. He's going to win you some games. He's going right. to win, maybe get you in the playoffs, maybe win a division here and there. But he's not going to win this year with the Bowl, Super Bowl. He's not going to get you to the big game. He's not going to win the upset. He's just right. not that. He can't do it. They put up 12 points. He had his chances, you know? He had his chances. You're playing yeah. against Brock Purdy, who's a seventh-round pick. Like, that's the bare crux of it. He's playing phenomenal. But how? Like, 
it was your moment to show that he's right. not on the same plate. Make him score points when you're scoring points. Make him catch up to you. If you yeah. let Brock Purdy play in Shanahan's system, and like you said, just find the open receiver and not press and not have to make the throw, that's how they're going to be successful because the 49ers, D is very good, are going to be the best in the league. Um, so they're going to keep you in it. And Brock Purdy, therefore, doesn't have to press. He can just play his game. Right. And try to make the, the drive continue instead of, I oh, my God, I have to score because they're ahead 14-3. Like, that changes the whole concept of him playing quarterback. And he hasn't had to face that yet. So it goes down to the Cowboys offense not doing enough and once again not reaching the NFC Championship, which I'm 29. I believe you're 29. could be 28. But we've never seen the Cowboys in an NFC Championship game in our entire lives. And that is hilarious. So <laughs> I like that that's a thing. And 49ers won. And now the main event. Conference championships this Sunday to decide who the hell is going to the Super Bowl. What's this all been about? You know, it's <laughs> who's going to the top of the mountain. And the first game, which Polar Bear will lead us off in, is the NFC matchup, which is the 49ers at Eagles, which starts at 3 p.m. Eastern which I can only imagine starts out early so that Philadelphia doesn't break out into a riot in in the tailgating. So. Oh, yeah. Well, Jalen Hurts is a scary man, but Brock Purdy is king. <laughs> <laughs> I am taking the 49ers, and the re- this is my reasoning behind this. And it's going to sound really stupid because I already know that. The Eagles are a very, very strong team. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue that at all. But I think that the 49ers front seven is so good that they are really, really going to put the hurt on Jalen Hurts. No pun intended. Pun intended. I like that. And I think that their defense is just going to ball out and they are really going to contain the Eagles and lower that offense. I'm not going to say that they're going to take that offense completely away. What, but I am saying is that they are going to be a force to reckon with that game. And I think they have such a strong momentum. And the reason I say that is because they are with Brock Purdy. This guy for the 49ers on their offense, I honestly, like, he. I've said it maybe three or four weeks in a row now. He's playing with nothing to lose. And I think that way of playing is just seeping into the team. And they are playing that way. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Sunday's game against the Cowboys was not their best outing. They need to score in the fourth quarter to be able to beat the Eagles. But from what I see is they're a strong team. Brock Purdy's being able to find guys. They can run the ball. They are an overall great team right now. And I think I'm putting a lot of my eggs on that front seven of the 49ers to really pressure the Eagles offense 
and make them make mistakes and capitalize on that. And do I have a score for you? I do not. It could be a shootout. But I will say this. I'm taking the 49ers. I may eat those words next week, but right now I'm on that 49er train. Here's the key. You got to make the Eagles uncomfortable. I agree with that. With your pick. Um, because if you allow – like we just saw the Eagles play the most comfortable game of the year for them. They right. they called whatever they wanted. Guys were open, winning matchups, defensively, offensively. Jalen Hurts is on the loose. He's throwing a deep – look, you let the Eagles do that, it's going to be a long day. They, you know, you still might have a chance to win, but if you allow the Eagles to do that, it's going to be way, way harder. So I'm going 49ers as well. Wow. Because the old adage of defense wins championships, I believe, will be the difference. Comfortability, uncomfortability comes from the front seven rush, comes from different packages. And the 49ers D coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, is now in a position where he always wanted to be in as a player. Uh, when he played for the Texans, he was an all-pro guy on a bad team. Um, you know, some years they were okay and they – were like a wild card, but he was a great player. Never had the chance to reach the pinnacle of what they're on the cusp of right here. Right. So I think he's dialing up shit. I think you have to dial up shit. Totally. You're going up against Jalen Hurts, who's arguably, probably the MVP this year. Um, so what are they going to put together? I don't know. Uh, are they going to spy Hurts on some plays? Bet your ass. Probably Fred Warner. Um there's going to be some combo coverages as well when it comes to A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. I think they're more going to gear towards stopping A.J. Brown than Smith, but he still needs to be recognized on the uh, threat as a threat. And then Dallas Goddard as well. So that's there's a lot to cover when you match it up like that. But the 49ers defense has been in sync and phenomenal all year. Right. So I'm going with that mentality of they're, they're a better defensive team. But, again, the Eagles are probably top five in the league defensively as well. Yeah. So, on their end, if they can force Brock Purdy into mistakes early and get him questioning whether he has the ability to win that game, that could change things. Early turnovers is going to make a big difference. There's going to be turnovers in this game. These teams are too good to not force some sort of turnover. So, it's literally who's going to punch first, I think. Yeah. Um, Really excited for this matchup. I think when you come down to the final four teams in the NFL, it's literally the best four all the time because it's whether or not it's record-wise, it's those teams that are directly in sync with each other that have gotten them to this point. Right. Eagles, uh, they've lost two or three games all year. 49ers are an 11-game win streak. It's a perfect – these are the best two teams in the NFC. So it's it's awesome to see them match up. Brock Purdy, if he's able to have success early, if he's able to win this game, what a story. I mean, unbelievable story that this kid who probably the 49ers, I mean, you could I can't even imagine the last pick of the draft in that draft room going, I don't know, should we take a punter from Missouri or Brock Purdy from Iowa State? No one's, you know, people are eating Cheeto puffs. They're looking in the fridge for the last Fanta. No <laughs> one cares at that point in the draft. <laughs> So the fact that he's in charge of this team and getting the ball to all these playmakers is amazing. 
So I'm pulling for him to pull off this huge upset. Yes. Um, it's going to be an absolute – it's a definite one-score game. Um, but if the 49ers defense can't match up with the explosiveness of the Eagles offense, then anything can happen. Uh, we're going to see a lot of identity early in this game, and second-half adjustments will be massive. So I'll, I will give a final score. I'll go – Damn. The 49ers are going to have to score points, though, because the Eagles can't. Like, they're that's what has drawn them to this point. Right. So, I'm going to go 49ers, like, 27, and then Eagles, 23. And then it's going to come down to that last drive, and whether Hurts does it or not, that's what we'll find out. But this, this game is going to be awesome. I like this better than the AFC matchup. Right. Uh, arguably, it could be a Super Bowl matchup if both teams come out and play how they're supposed to. Going to the AFC, uh, we have the Bengals taking on Kansas City in Kansas City. A rematch of last year. Yeah, and, you know, I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Um, just the way that the Bengals played this past weekend against Josh Allen, I think they got to come in with that same game plan. Now, I will say this. You're playing – against Andy Reid, who arguably is one of the best coaches in the league right now, if not the best, uh, you know, with experience, like a, a seasoned coach. Um, and he's somebody that just can create stuff on the fly and give trust to Patrick Mahomes and their offense. And I think that is one of the biggest assets that the Chiefs have is just that comfortability with each other and also trust of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And that is going to really be huge on Sunday. And because of that, especially with, and we're going to touch on it, is um, Patrick Mahomes being hurt. He is going to be, I mean, I don't, I've, I've never had a high ankle sprain. I've read reports where it's anywhere from a six to eight week true recovery time. Um, like you said earlier, I think a little bit of that adrenaline may have worn off and they're able to see exactly what had truly happened, but yeah, it's a real interesting um, thing. So it's just, it's going to come down to those two guys being able to figure out what they want. Now, Bengals, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, you guys are playing on all cylinders. And I will say this. I think for how poorly the Bills played last week, I still say that they are a very, very strong team. I think they're a stronger team than Jacksonville. And I think that strength shows the Bengals like, hey, we can do this and be confident and be strong with each other. So I am taking the Bengals. And I'm not going to give you a score. I'm just taking the Bengals because I didn't give them the respect early on in the season, and I'm going to give it to them now, and I think they have it. I think they've earned it. And I I just – it's going to be a great game, and I'm excited, man. It's I, I, I'm just – this is my favorite game of the weekend. Yeah. You know, I when I said I like the NFC matchup way better, now as I'm about to talk about it, I'm like, I don't know. This matchup's going to be fantastic as well. Yeah. Um. So but there's a couple stories. Yeah, no, this is this is the final four, man. Like, this yeah. is this is going to be exactly what we want. 
because um, everything's on the line. And there's a couple storylines here that are laid out. With Mahomes, you have, yes, the injury. And I think I'm I really think it's a significant injury because high ankle sprains uh generally, like you said, they take a long time to heal. So regardless of his passion to get back out there for the boys and for the championship and just being a competitive animal, right. I mean, an, an injury of that magnitude is an injury of that magnitude. He right. will start the game. How long will he play? How successful will he be? What is he going to have to change? It's different. Those are all things he knows. And look, he's a probably the best quarterback in the NFL right now. So he knows what he has to do, but you know, when, once you get a few hits on you, how are you going to react and how's your body going to react? Those are things he doesn't have control of. If he's right. going to be able to get the ball out quick and, uh, you know, hit guys in stride and make plays happen that way, the chiefs are going to be the, the chiefs that we've seen all year, but that the watching Mahomes uh, saga unfold is going to be re- very interesting because if he can play through this injury and win this game, adds a lot of uh, credit to his resume for just a gutsy, you know, putting everything on the line when you're actually hurt type of win. Right. Um, and it gives another chance for guys around him to help step up as well. If he can't, guys like Jarek McKinnon, who came in and, you know, wheels on fire this year as the backup running back who turned into a scat back pretty much yeah. uh, Travis Kelsey and the, the, you know, Juju Smith Schuster and receivers that really don't have that big a name. But in this moment of our QB is at 70% at best, that's a moment where they can step up and take over the game and create name for themselves too. So I'm excited to see what that offense looks like and what they try to get going early. I would imagine they try to establish a run, get some quick passes going and get Mahomes comfortable with the idea of getting the ball out early. Right. And if they're successful at that, then that's going to be a huge factor. On the other end, and my pick, the Cincinnati Bengals, going back-to-back AFC champs and winning an arrowhead again because of a few things. But the leadership of Joe Burrow and the ice-cold veins that he possesses <laughs> on both of his arms <laughs> oh, yeah. i think is look he's not intimidated going in there he's going yeah. we did this last year uh we did this last year with a healthy chief squad and i don't even think he cares what they're doing i think he's focused on what they're what they're doing what they're good at and if they play the way the ruthlessness in which they played versus the bills they're gonna be they're oh, gonna wow. be just fine because they were a team with their Asses on fire, so to speak, with a for lack of a better term. Um, the Chiefs look like I said at the beginning of this, they've been in this game five years in a row, so they're not afraid of the moment either. They owe the Bengals from last year, so there's going to be that fire there. Yeah, um, love the Bengals offense, I love that the power they possess running the ball. Right. I love that those three guys came in on the O line as backups and dominated that game versus a great Bills team on the road. That team is playing with a lot of confidence. There's no question marks on that side. They have exactly what they want. They got the players they want. Everybody's healthy. Right. As healthy as they can be after, you know, 20 football games. But there's there's no question marks on that side. There's only question marks on the Chiefs side. Right. So I like the confidence of Burrow to go in there, have a day, and it's going to be close because – the Chiefs are great. Like, they're a great team. 
Right. Um, but I like the Bengals, and the well, the line is minus two and a half, and I I do like the Bengals for like a three point W. Um, what would make it a lot easier on the Bengals? You get Jamar Chase going early, uh, which will open up everything because once he becomes a deep threat in that game, it becomes a massive issue for the Chiefs. And then T Higgins will get open, Hayden Hurst start running the ball with Mixon. Um, but like I said, it comes it comes down to how the Bengals played versus the Bills, where it was defense first while – well, actually, it was offense first, but the defense following suit of what the offense put out there, meaning we're going to score points and we're going to hold them. And that together is a Super Bowl-caliber team. So pretty crazy to say it out loud, but the Bengals going back-to-back AFC champions and being in the Super Bowl – that's what I got. And I, Joe Burrow's making a name for himself right now. We're witnessing a quarterback grow up and be a huge name. Right. Only, I think it's his third year. And he gives, he was injured in his first one. So That's what I was say. It, I'm, be, I'm becoming, no, I am. I am a, a huge Joe Burrow guy. Who is it? What's there not to like? The guy's a baller. I'm in. All right. Sports banter. NFL heavy. That's right, episode 27, NFL heavy, divisional round debrief. Some teams won, some teams lost. All the ones you expected to win pretty much won, minus the Bills, but to a great opponent in the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. Uh, Jaguars, Giants, Cowboys, along with the Bills, wave goodbye. You guys are smoked. Get out. Go on. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) But you guys are done. Now we got four teams left. 49ers taking on the Eagles in Philly. We got Cincinnati taking on the Chiefs in Arrowhead. We're lined up for a phenomenal Sunday. This is what it's about. Who's going to step up in the biggest moment to get to the biggest moment? You get me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Polar Bear, you got anything for the good people? Um, This weekend is going to be, ooh, baby going to be football heavy baby and we're ready for it um i think we both picked 49ers we both picked the Bengals. it's going to be an interesting what could possibly go wrong oh nothing (laughs) nothing absolutely nothing wrong but yeah we um you know again continue to interact with our page underscore sports banter on instagram uh in there we have our link tree which gets you to our blogs gets you to all of our postings Gets, a, gets you to where all of our streaming services are, including our YouTube, uh, which we post every episode on there as well. So make sure you're liking, subscribing, getting the comments, throwing the reviews out there, just giving us enough con- uh, excuse me, enough interactions with you guys. We love it, and we want to keep doing it. So again, underscore sports banter. YouTube is sports banter. Uh, Sports Banter Blog City is our blog post. Make sure you're getting into that area, reading our blogs. They're all over the place. They're funny. They're uh, lighthearted, if you will. There's some love there. There's some hate. But get into it. Damn right. So for episode 27 of season two, we out. See ya.